everyone, welcome to the Folio Podcast, where we talk to leaders, experts, and some very smart people in the architecture, engineering, and construction industry. We explore topics around and including FF&E, specification, procurement, building information modeling, and pretty much anything that makes the process just better. My name is Ingrid Velasquez-Woodley, and this podcast is brought to you by Folio. Folio is a product specification, procurement, and data management software for the AEC industry. With Folio, you can manage your budgeting, specification, purchasing, inventory, and product data processes from end-to-end. Go to folio.com and schedule your demo today. That's F-O-H-L-I-O.com. Over the years, as I've spoken to a lot of people in the AEC industry, I've become familiar with the day-to-day struggles of being an architect and project manager. Here's Esteban Reichberg, an award-winning architect in New York City, talking about their Department of Buildings efforts to go completely digital. So I think they just went with scanning PDFs. Like ultimately, you just upload a PDF. And that is the fastest way, kind of like the Google Book Project. Take a picture of it. If this was three years ago and it was the first time I was hearing about it, I would have been shocked. You see, I'm not in the architecture business per se. I'm not an architect. And all I really know about architecture is what the average person would also know. And so that meant I had no idea that a lot of design and construction was still being managed with paper. Here's me trying to be funny. I mean, if you scan a PDF and upload it, technically it's digital now. But, but the no, but yes, it is digital. But what I'm saying is that the data isn't allocated to columns and rows. Yes, it's not. It hasn't been the the way you fill in a form. That data gets relegated into its proper containers. Yeah. So that doesn't happen when you have a PDF. Of course, I understood. After all, it's part of my job to sell solutions to this very problem, among others. What are their problems, you ask? Well, there's collaboration, or more precisely, the fact that it's so hard for architects, contractors, suppliers, and other stakeholders to work together. And a contractor has different uh, concerns, or I would say priorities, of course, than an architect, and also the specifier manufacturer, uh, let's say manufacturer vendor, has a different priority than the contractor or the designer as well. So with you have a competing priorities among people, which is why they currently use different systems or platforms. So I don't know how one co- collective larger system would accurately allow each user's priorities to, to be adequately addressed so that they're all satisfied with the system. It's not just that different stakeholders use different platforms either. It's that these different platforms don't work or quote-unquote, speak with each other. So what happens? You encounter scenarios like the one with the hotel developer that we spoke with months ago. Let's call him Andrew. According to Andrew, each of his projects will usually have 2 to $6 million worth of FF&E procurement with 200 to 300 purchase orders manually put together. Okay, not ideal, but still par for the course in the AEC industry. If you think that's labor-intensive, though, then just listen to this. 
Andrew's procurement team still has to manually enter and re-enter data like specifications, vendors, and quantities into purchase orders because they receive that information in so many different formats like PDF and Excel. That's just one scenario, and a partial cause for this scenario being the way it is, is that the design process is outsourced for their firm anyway. But even within architecture firms, it's common to find interior designers working on SketchUp and architects on Revit, not to mention the procurement team working with different suppliers to ask for quotes, comparing them, and then sending purchase orders. Now, stop me if you've heard this before, but the AEC industry is pretty fragmented. According to a 2016 report by management consulting firm McKinsey & Company, construction projects typically take 20% longer to finish than scheduled and are up to 80% over budget, frequently resulting in litigation. Construction, which encompasses real estate, infrastructure, and industrial structures, is the largest industry in the global economy, accounting for 13% of the world's GDP and it's ripe for disruption. In fact, this need for change is exactly why the New York Department of Buildings wanted to go fully online. It's not easy though. Remember when Esteban mentioned data being relegated to its proper containers? Of course, one would think that you would have forms you fill out, fill in fields of information, click check boxes, have radial buttons that apply to yes, no, maybe so. And then the more you, you have a rigid structure framework that people have to abide by, the harder it is actually, the more inflexible it is. Uh, Even if it automates or gets the information from physical to digital quicker. Which is why they basically ended up scanning PDFs. The good news is that the technology for taking these analog bits of information, interpreting them, and then classifying them already exists. Funny, because I just was dealing with this with this is totally random, but I was getting, I got a business card app that scans business cards because I have so many. And I found that they're all subpar in that they take a picture of a business card and they don't know which phone number is the office, the fax, which address, how do the address breaks down? Cause you want the zip code in one field and the, the street number. Yep. Another. So they can't, they can't create a contact that's very accurate. And then I just found one and it happens to be one of the most expensive ones. I forgot the name of it but it successfully or close to successfully can take a picture of all different formatted business cards and get pretty close to populating that contact card and the fields and the values in the right order. It puts the zip code where the zip code should be. It puts the email address where it should be. So, and that's hard. I I can see just by me testing, I tested maybe six different business card readers, just that conversion seemed like a big struggle for lots of apps. Um, But it is, I think that's a concrete example of what we're talking about. That translation, yeah. physical to digital being, or digital to physical being accurate. The vice versa translation is the 3D printing and the dream of plugging in something to your computer and being able to model it and press a button and then it appears in front of you. You can find another example of this technology in the Amazon mobile app. In the payment section, you can basically take a picture of your credit card and Amazon stores the information so you can use it in the future. Interestingly, a software developer in India is also already working on solving this problem. Ashwani Jha is building what he calls the ultimate database, and he calls it .d. So basically, our solution that we are trying to move forward is 
having um, you know structured information into a database. So basically, it's all about connecting the information from different uh, you know like different consultants and different groups of people who are involved in the um, entire process of uh, design, construct, and operate at different life cycle stages. It's not just about building a database, though. The secret sauce, so to speak, is all about how information goes into the database. So basically, it's a, it's question of like putting so much of thought to, you know, like understand different standards and engineering data uh, to build everything and connect all the pieces of information into one database. So if you start building a database on a project, slowly what will happen is like more and more number of projects will have a database. And this is not something which I am telling. This is something which already an ISO standard, uh, I think double two, six, three, there is some ISO standard, which is already speaking about a database in construction yep. industry. So, um, so we can take that knowledge and the standard and start building a database on a project. Um, and the question is that, how do you build a database on a project? So for that, we have a proper process of doing it. Uh, but if we start refining this process and building a database, then what will happen? that in future when we have a new project we can inherit the knowledge from the previous such kind of projects and build the database very quickly for any project which is which may come in the future which can help us to orient a lot of things not only design but also construction and operation so there can be a lot of things which can be uh, automated down the line automated you heard that right Ultimately, what Ashwani wants to do is teach a database to recognize different types of information and learn to validate them. Imagine a client coming to you with a sheaf of papers describing their project's requirements. You plug this information into your own system, aligning it with your own formats and nomenclature. It's all done manually, but in the future, that could change. It validates that information. And if they are putting the wrong data, it predicts the right information and structure it as per the ISO. ISO, of course, refers to the International Organization for Standardization. Basically, what the ISO does is issue guidelines that make it possible for different industries in different countries to work together. These guidelines are a cornerstone of Ashwani's project. If you do not align the database to the international standard, then you current project database may not talk to some other database. You know, The purpose is to align all the information with one standard. If we start doing that, then you can imagine that in future you have databases from different projects, different company, they all are aligned with one international standard and now they can start talking with one another. They can start communicating. So that in future, if someone wants to create a new dashboard or a database, they can inherit the knowledge. So here's an example of that in real life. Imagine having somebody sitting in the United Kingdom working on a construction program, and then you have a modeling team who is basically developing models and they're sitting in India. So now you're connecting your model elements to the construction program, and these two are basically marrying the data that comes from these two companies is doable. It's done all the time, but it's very difficult. And so bringing a database that works the way Ashwani wants it to work into the picture can help us align the information from the programming consultant who is doing the construction phasing and sequencing planning 
and people who are working on the model and all that can be integrated into the database. I was building a concept map in which uh, Folio can fit into. So I am supposed to have some conversation with um, Huibin also on, on this because Folio is, is also building a kind of like a database where you have um, you know, like the information coming from the Revit model extracting using um, the plugin and um, and these are different divisions and then subdivisions and you know like and the properties associated with those subdivisions and um, and then it also goes into the different phases like it starts on design to procurement um, you know like in construction procurement and all this stages so it is a database where you have a lot of information so now how we how can we make this database even more usable from the design perspective from you know like uh, from from the construction perspective so we want to see a future of a folio where we can use folio as a database to power a cd that's number one thing we want to use the future of folio where we can you know we can use this uh, database of a folio to power the 4d the future of 4d okay we want to see a future of uh, folio where uh, we can you know like use the power of database folio database to you know like to power the iot okay uh, so everything is a yeah. database you know like powered and then we also want to see the future where uh, you know like the folio is able to uh, do the 60 which is the operation management it's an exciting idea and it just seems to make sense so you have to wonder why is it not the norm um, like uh, the metric and imperial system is the biggest example i always hear and how the us tried to go we tried to go metric, I think under Jimmy Carter in the seventies and failed. But could you imagine <laughs> if like, if, if we had been able to get on the same page with the rest of the planet, which is basically all metric, uh, the vast majority safe to say. So, but we we're not. And so this feet and inches as it compared to centimeters and millimeters or meters is a conflict of standardization, international, international standardization which produces a lot of extra work, by the way, for manufacturers, material manufacturers. I think people have been bit before by making efforts like this that have not succeeded because it's a huge lift. So you'd want a huge effort. So you'd, you'd want some sort of standardization to result in some, some, some profound evolution as opposed to dedicate so much energy to it and then it fall by the wayside. Um, I know that in design, people are often writing standards, design standards. Mm -hmm. And yes, sometimes they're adopted federally, like the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA is important. And sometimes they're completely brushed under the table. And I can give you concrete examples of it all. I won't, but in the city of New York, there's agencies, independent agencies have their standards, you know, design standards, and everyone wants standards to make things smoother and faster. So the standardization, the desire for standardization is an impulse for automation and expeditious execution. What do you, how do you do with metric and imperial? As, as we mentioned that like going global with a, with the AEC community is like, you have to deal with that imperial and metric. You have to deal with a lot. I mean, that's minor compared to all the other hurdles. In order to create this soup to nuts database for something as complex as construction and design, I think is just the human relationship. I don't know how you capture relationships online. This podcast was brought to you by Folio. 
Portfolio is a product specification, procurement, and data management software for the AEC industry. With Folio, you can manage your budgeting, specification, purchasing, inventory, and product data processes from end-to-end. -end. Go to folio.com and ask us for a free demo.